if we're going to be financially okay, even when it comes to investing in courses or uh, certain things that education wise, you want to make sure, okay, it's a bet that I'm going to take this risk to educate myself in this way. But if it doesn't work out, is this the last coin that I have? Will I be able to turn the lights on in my apartment and still have an apartment? Then that's a major factor in decision making. Welcome to the Journey to Launch podcast with your host, Jamila Souffrant. As a money expert who walks her talk, she helps brave journeyers like you get out of debt, save, invest, and build real wealth. Join her on the journey to launch to financial freedom in in five, four, three, two, one. Journey to Launch is supported by First Republic Bank. Who doesn't want the best of both worlds? Like being able to stay at a five-star resort, but pay two-star prices or the dream I'm living now, working for myself and bringing an income to support my family. What if a bank could give you the best of both worlds too? With a secure banking app that allows you to bank from anywhere, anytime, and a dedicated personal banker when you need one-on-one service, First Republic is uniquely positioned to offer the best of both worlds. I love that I can reach out to my personal banker, Linda, if I have any questions and that I can quickly access all of my account information and pay bills through the app. With this combination of personal attention and convenience, it's no wonder that First Republic Bank has a client satisfaction rating two times the industry average. So whether you're starting on your financial journey or planning for your future, you can count on First Republic to be there for you every step of the way. Visit firstrepublic.com today to learn more. That's firstrepublic.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. If you want the episode show notes for this episode, go to journeytolaunch.com or click the description of wherever you're listening to this episode. In the show notes, you'll get the transcribed version of the conversation, the links that we mentioned, and so much more. Also, whether you are an OG journeyer or brand new to the podcast, I've created a free jumpstart guide to help you on your financial freedom journey. It includes the top episodes to listen to, stages to go through to reach financial freedom, resources, and so much more. You can go to journeytolaunch.com slash jumpstart to get your guide right now. Okay, let's hop into the episode. Hey, 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 journeyers. Welcome to the Journey to Launch podcast. I am here with another solo episode for you. Aren't you excited? By the way, if you are totally new around these parts, we are journeyers. I call anyone on this path with me to financial independence and freedom a journeyer. So that means we are forging forward, figuring this out together. We may be at different points on the journey. We may have different tools in our toolbox. We may be learning different things, but I'm hoping that whatever you get from my content from this episode, you can apply it. Something so There's something here that you can apply to your financial journey. So this episode is going to all be about decision-making, which I find really hard when it comes to money. If you are trying to be responsible to reach financial independence and freedom, which can feel very far out in the future versus enjoying and living your best life. And I, as I've gone forward in my financial independence journey, have made more allowances for enjoying my life. 
basically for spending more money. That is something that doesn't always come easy as a decision, right? And I know that for a lot of you, you also may be struggling with when should I be saving versus investing versus when should I actually just enjoy the hard work or the money that I'm earning now. So I'm going to talk about like two things that we've recently done that actually cost us a lot of money (laughs) and how I thought through the process of thinking if this was worth it, if we should do this, if we could technically afford it. And the two things or events that took place that we spent money on were one, we took our 10 year, my husband and I took our 10 year wedding anniversary trip. We went to St. Lucia to a resort called Jade Mountain. And then we also did a huge project in our home. We redid, we renovated our basement So both of those things definitely cost money. And I'm going to talk through what that meant for us. All right. So the first thing I just want to talk a little bit about our anniversary trip. So yeah, we celebrated 10 years married, but actually hubby and I have been together for 10 years before that. So technically we've been together for about 20 years, which is so crazy. It was kind of funny because when we would tell people that like on our anniversary trip in St. Lucia, they would say, oh, what are you here for? Are you honeymooning? And we're like, no, we're celebrating our anniversary. And they were like, oh, how long? It'd be like 10 years. And they were like, when did you guys get married at 12? Because sometimes, I guess, I don't want to toot my own horn, but we look, we still look pretty young. So it was just, you know, it was nice to be able for the both of us to indulge in this way, because really this is, this was the most expensive vacation and trip we've ever taken together because we've been together since we were 19, when we had no money, when we were broke college students, and even then we did find time to vacation or travel, but we would budget travel. We would go to South Beach in Miami, say at the seediest <laughs> hotels on Ocean Ave, or take the cheapest flight. So we'd be on Spirit Airlines if we could. And we've, we've done that. We did splurge when we had our honeymoon. So we did um, Europe and did a few countries. So that was really nice. But typically we don't spend a lot of money when we travel, but that has been changing a bit now with the kids and just our preferences on enjoying life and spending money. We don't want to basically budget travel anymore if we don't have to. In some cases, it makes sense if we want to save money, but we figured for our 10 year anniversary, like this is a milestone anniversary for us. And it's a blessing. And so we just wanted to do it big. And we did. So that was like the first thing we did. um, Or one of the things we did that I'm going to talk through, like deciding that. And then the basement. So we have a basement, but it wasn't fully utilized. And we just wanted more space. And we figured because we were not using the basement as it once was used, I felt like this is the time now is better than ever to turn it into a useful space for the family, especially because I never had an office space, a dedicated office space. I was always working and recording the podcast from the kitchen. And even though we have a desk in the kitchen, there's a desk in the bedroom. It just never felt like really that comfortable. Like I always have to move my things. If my, God forbid, my kids came home early or they were around, they'd find my stuff. And it it was just a lot that back and forth of moving things around. I didn't have a place to call my own. And I figure for the work I feel like I'm doing in this world, I deserve a place that I can escape to, to work, to relax, to rest, to retreat. And so that was one of the plans for the basement is to turn one of the rooms into my office 
and then also just in- extend the living area. So we have somewhere where we can hang out as a family. The kids have their own little section. Now, we are really blessed to have the amount of space we have for New York standards. You know, don't come for me if you down south or in the Midwest, because our house, obviously, <laughs> for New York, like it's still it's it's small compared to probably how much we, we are spending for this house versus somewhere else. But we love Brooklyn and New York for now. That's where we are. And so anything we can do to make this space our refuge, to make it somewhere that we love, I'm just tired of waiting for the next time or in the future to enjoy ourselves. I always say like, wow, like we're about to be 40 years old. Like, when are we going to be adults? Yeah, I want to be an adult. <laughs> I, I can no longer say, as I used to say in my twenties, oh, when I'm older, I'll do it. It's like, I'm older now, so I'm going to do it. So two things that we spent a lot of money on recently, and I'm going to talk through that. So, okay, here's the thing. Questions to ask yourself, questions that we ask ourselves when we were deciding to do these things. So these are in really no particular order based on relevance or importance, but I think they all matter. So the most important or one of the most important things you should ask yourself is, first of all, how much is this going to cost? Now, we knew how much the anniversary trip was going to cost because you put the information in how long you want to stay and the price popped up. And with the renovations, as you know, if you've done any renovations in your home, it always costs more than you think it will. Like the contractor's quote is going to cost more. And so for us, figuring out our range of how much we wanted to spend was important. So once we knew how much we were spending on these items, and even with the basement renovation, giving room for uh, increase in scope, because that happens often, right? You start doing something, then there's another thing you need to fix, or you realize a pipe can't go there, something has to be moved. So we had that all in mind when figuring out a budget or at least understanding the budget. So with that said, we needed to realize or figure out how we were going to fund these things. Now, let's start with the anniversary trip. So I always knew that we would want to take a nicer trip for our 10-year anniversary. So it wasn't like a last-minute decision. But with that, I was kind of mentally, emotionally prepared for spending a lot of money. And one of the things that we've done or I've done in my business is I've gotten my business finances to a point where things are separated from our personal finances, right? In my in the very beginning, things were so commingled. But once I went full-time in Journey to Launch, I was determined to make this, this is official business. And if one day it becomes a multi-million dollar business, I need to start and run it as such. And so very early on, I figured out that I wanted to follow the profit first system. I can never pronounce the author's name, but his first name is Mike. And he talks about every dollar that comes in your business should you should at percentage wise break it out into different components so basically if you have a dollar that comes in your business a certain percentage should go to your owner's pay a certain percentage should go to taxes don't forget about your taxes another percentage goes to profit and then another expenses goes to operating expenses so i think i covered it all it's operating expenses owner's pay taxes and profit. And then all of that should be separated out, not commingled with any personal finances. So with that being said, once because I started doing that early on, anything that came into the business, I know I know automatically if I quote someone for work or I'm working on a brand partnership, if they tell me that what they're going to pay me is 10,000, I know actually like my owners pay from that is $3,000 if I'm using the 30% 
uh, percentage. So because I have been separating out uh, by percentages, every dollar that comes into the business, I know exactly how much I have to do certain things. And I've designated the profit account for my business to serve me in any way I want. And so that could be for the business itself. So reinvesting the profits into the business or for family reasons. And lately we've been using it more for family things that we want to do. And so paying for the anniversary trip primarily came from the profit of my business, which felt really good. You know, it felt like, wow, this feels like all the work that I'm doing with Journey to Launch, here's how it benefits us as a family, us as a unit. We um, look at our budget and I say to myself, I'm going to earmark what's in my profit account for the business to pay for that. So that's how we paid for our anniversary trip, the basement. So we change strategies in paying for the basement early on, which I'm so thankful that we did. But the idea here was also to cash flow this, to pay for basement renovations with cash. So our savings, but primarily again, profit from the business. Now, I do want to say because I am a natural saver, it, you know, I probably tend to oversave that because we weren't, we didn't have really big purchases over the past few years since starting the business that I had grown the journey to launch profit account to a healthy size that it in my head, I thought at the time it could cover a basement renovation, but I've talked about having my financial planners and we had one of our meetings and I expressed, Hey, we're going to take on this project, but I want to cash flow it had no intention of taking out any debt to do it because I figured we have enough cash to do this. And they brought up a good point and they said, you know, rates are so low right now. And looking at where you are with your mortgage, whether you, you know, do a cash out refinance, even take an equity line out, then the rates are so low that it would benefit you to invest the money that you plan to cash flow this renovation with versus spending it on the basement. And I got to admit, when I first heard that, I was like, no, I'm not opposed to debt when you can leverage it and use it for good. But I like being debt free. I mean, we have debt, uh, we have mortgages on my our primary home and then our the investment property that I have in Dumbo. But other than that, we spend on our credit cards, we paid off every month. And so in my head, I'm like, I don't want to take out more debt. But because I'm open minded, so this is, I think, a skill or quality that is very beneficial. Before I say no and count things out, typically I I listen to both sides and I do the math to see if it makes sense and I emotionally check in on how I feel. And one of the things that I had to emotionally check in on is if the math works. So let's just say the math is mathing and it makes sense for us to do it this way. Why don't I want to do it? Is it an ego reason because, oh, like Miss Journey to Launch, you know, doing not paying for it in cash? Like, that's a flex to pay for in cash, but that's an ego driven reason versus actually I could be saving money, actually making more money on the spread from taking out debt to do this versus investing it. So I started to do the process of looking into what does this look like? Does it make sense for us to either take out a home equity line or cash out and refinance? And would you know it? Financially, mathematically, it made sense for us to do a cash out refinance. And this is why. Our rates were higher for our primary mortgage, for our primary home versus the current rate that we were quoted. And so when we did the math, we forecasted it out. And this, again, is why it's so important 
no matter what an expert is telling you or someone you hired, because even the mortgage broker that I was dealing with, he would tell me one thing and explain things. And it's fine. Sometimes you're talking too fast. I'm asking you questions, but I know the questions I'm asking you. I know the numbers. And so I can go back and check myself. I'm not taking what you say for just your word. And so what I did was I did the math. I looked at how much it would cost us, right, in refinancing costs uh, to take out more money and have a higher uh, loan amount versus our monthly payment, what it currently is now. And because the rates were so much lower than what our current rates were going to be, so basically what our current rate was, was higher than what we were going to refinance, taking money out actually did not increase our payment amount. And when I did the math further, it actually decreased how much we'd pay over time. So the interest that we'd pay on the existing mortgage versus the new mortgage, it, it we were actually saving money on interest because the interest rate was so low because we locked in at a 2.75% interest rate when we did the cash out refinance. Did you know I broke out the path to financial independence into what I call five journeyer stages? That's right. There are five stages that you have to travel through to reach complete financial independence. When you know your stage, you know what to focus on and how to move on to the next stage. I created a free one minute quiz to help you determine what stage you're in. After you take the quick quiz, you'll know where you are on your financial independence journey. The main thing you should focus on Plus, you'll get a curated list of 10 Journey to Launch podcast episodes to listen to that will help you for your specific stage. Go to journeytolaunch.com slash mystage right now to take the free quiz. That's journeytolaunch.com slash mystage. Not only that, so the biggest thing too that we had to consider was one of the reasons why we, we did a 15-year mortgage was thinking ahead on our financial independence journey was we don't want to have to be tied or have a mortgage when we reach our designated financial independence year. And because I started Journey to Launch and I kind of pushed out our fire, our financial independence retire early date, for me at least, I I once said I was going to do it at 40, but 40 is fast approaching. That's not happening. I pushed it out and I said, you know what though, if we don't have a mortgage at 50, so if we pay off this mortgage at 50, that works for me. And because we refinanced, we had to start the clock again. So we still did a 15 year, but that 15 years now puts us out at 55 for the mortgage to be paid out if we don't prepay it faster, which still worked for us because my husband has the opportunity to retire actually from his job and still get his full pension at 55. And my worst case scenario would be also to retire at 55, if not before that. And so the timing worked, the mathematics worked. And so we did end up doing a cash out refinance, but again, it made so much sense. And we were able, luckily, lucky thing we did that because one, the, the project cost more than we thought it would. And two, we were able to use our money in other areas and invest it. So again, worked out for us. So that's how we funded these two big projects. But one of the things that I want you to ask yourself is how you're going to fund something that you want to do. So if you're thinking ahead and looking forward, then you would start saving. You think ahead about something you're trying to do in the future. Maybe there's an event coming up or a milestone or something, you know, you may just want in a couple of years. Working backwards to figure out if you're intending to save on a monthly basis or in increments is the thing to do, right? Or you can think about 
do I have any cash influxes coming in? Do I typically get a bonus? Do I typically get a tax refund? And will I use that influx of money to pay for something bigger that I want to pay for? So it's always important to understand how much something's going to cost. Always leave room for it maybe costing more, but then figuring out how you're going to fund it. And I I guess I should just say this again. I'm in no way um, promoting that you take debt senselessly to pay for a liability or something that will actually put you at more financial risk. But as you were listening, the debt that I took on made sense. Okay. So that's the first two questions. How much does it cost? How are you going to fund it? Second thing, is this an ongoing expense or a one-time expense? So the things that we were spending on were more one-time big expenses versus some maybe other expense in a budget that's ongoing. So one of the things that that can look like for you is if you're, you want to hire a house cleaner or cook, right? And that is going to increase your budget ongoing for a certain amount of time, then understanding how that changes things and how much you need to have ongoing is important. For us, we knew these were one-time expenses. We don't intend to take pricey trips like this, but uh, going forward every year, but hey, I who knows me, you might find me somewhere else expensive <laughs> next year on the beach. But it was important to understand for us if this was going to be one time or ongoing. So is that for you the same thing? The other thing that's really important to ask yourself is, are you on target to hit your baseline financial goals? And that's the thing I asked myself, if we spend money on these things, are we financially okay at the baseline level? Yeah, I'm very aggressive sometimes in the way I think about my goals. <laughs> I want, you know, I, I always want to impress myself in a way that is, all right, the standard retirement age is 65. I'm going to try and do that at 40. Oh, you know, 1 million is goals for people to, to retire with. I'm going to try and get to 10 million. That's just me because I like I, I like pushing myself in that way. But there is a baseline, though, that is still fine and works for us. So at the baseline level, even though we are spending more money on these items, we are okay financially. So, you know, we're still on track for standard retirement at 65. We're still on track for even early retirement at 55. And we do have enough still saved um, in our FU fund and our emergency accounts. We can still pay our mortgage. So we 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 feel like our baseline financial goals, like not the the stretch goals that we sometimes set for ourselves, are on track. So before you do something, understand are your baseline financial goals being met? Are you investing in your retirement account? Do you have your savings together? So before you spend X amount on the trip or on the bag. Do you have enough saved up if something happens to you or are you investing enough? The other thing that kind of goes hand in hand with that last question is ask yourself, does it take away from your financial security or put your finances at risk? So that means if you do spend money in this area, will it impact you in a way that is negative? So if something does happen, let's just say you lose your job, there is a stop of income. Will you now, because you spent money on that thing, not be financially okay? And so I always work from that where if we're going to be financially okay, even when it comes to investing in courses or uh, certain things that education wise, you want to make sure, okay, it's a bet that I'm going to take this risk to educate myself in this way. But if it doesn't work out, is this the last coin that I have? Will I be able to turn the lights on in my apartment and still have an apartment? Then 
that's a major factor in decision-making. Okay, a couple more questions to ask yourself, other questions we've asked ourselves. Does this experience that you'll get today outweigh the future benefit of doing something more responsible? So is it math or just effort? I'm just trying to live my life today. So will you remember this moment at the end of your life or wish you had more money instead? And for us, the basement was ongoing, something we can enjoy every day while we are here. You know, we don't intend to buy another home. This can really be our forever home. And I'm okay if we never buy another home. But, and if that's the case, like, why not make this home the best? And I will not uh, regret spending money to make this house a home on my deathbed. Same thing with the trip. I just felt like, yeah, we could have taken that money and invested more. But if we are on track already with our goals, like what's an extra couple hundred thousand dollars? Uh, I'd rather live my life. And the book Die With Zero with Bill Perkins, I've done an episode with him on that. We'll link it in the show notes. And then I've also expressed my personal thoughts on it and how we started to change our finances a little bit. Also talks a little bit about do you want to really enjoy the money that you have or have so much money left over at the end that you regret not spending it? And then the last question is, will this in any way contribute to your success or your mental or emotional health and stability? And that also is like not always quantifiable, right? Because Doing something that makes you happy and truly happy, not because it looks good to other people or because you want to show off and or um, impress others, which, you know, at the end of the day, we're humans. And I think it's just built into our society and the way social media works and the way we communicate. But deep down, are you doing this thing and will it give you lasting happiness? And sometimes it's actually hard to know that until you do it. Right. How many times have you done something that you thought would be a lasting benefit to you and make you feel good? And then you buy it or you do it. And it's just, it's, it doesn't last long that feeling. Right. And so these, some of these answers you won't know until you answer them and you kind of go through the, the, the motions. But with this last question of will it contribute to your success or emotional health or stability? Sometimes you just, you know, sometimes, you know, and I think with that takes some time. So not making any rash decisions in the case of the basement, that was something we've been thinking about for a while. In the case of the anniversary trip, we just felt like we were overdue for a very nice trip. And yes, for me, having a space in which I can work and create and feel inspired definitely will add to my success in my business and in the success of just our family household. Do we need these things to be successful or happy? No, we would have run the math and decided that we couldn't afford the anniversary trip and or the basement. We would still be okay and be happy. And that's the thing. It's not hanging your happiness on one event or something outside of yourself because it doesn't really matter if there's something inside of you that feels empty. These things help just a little bit and maybe there's some sustainability there, but it's really about fixing what's inside. But at the surface level, sometimes, you know, you feel better and you do better in a nicer car. And in on a surface level, you work better from a environment that is that is clean and inspirational, right? Like, so I don't want to discount 
the material things that we have in our life, but I don't want you to put too much emphasis on it, that that's the only thing that's going to make you happy. All right. So I went through these questions. I hope you got something from this. If you are thinking about making a purchase and or adding something in your budget that's above and beyond normally what you would do, perhaps you should ask yourself these questions. I'd love to hear how you've answered some of this for yourself and maybe what you're going to do going forward. All right, journeyers, don't forget, you can tag me at Journey to Launch on Instagram to show me or tell me what you thought of the episode and to give me your feedback. You know, I love connecting and hearing your thoughts. All right, until next time, keep on journeying, journeyers. Don't forget, you can get the episode show notes for this episode by going to journeytolaunch.com or click the description of wherever you're listening to this. And you can still grab your jumpstart guide for free to help you on your journey to financial freedom by going to journeytolaunch.com slash jumpstart. If you want to support me and the podcast and love the free content and information that you get here, here are four ways that you can support me and the show. One, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast wherever you listen, whether that's Apple Podcasts, that purple app on your phone, your Android device, YouTube, Spotify, wherever it is that you happen to listen, just subscribe so you are not missing an episode. And if you're happening to listen to this in Apple Podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe there. I appreciate and read every single review. Number two, follow me on my social media accounts. I'm at Journey to Launch on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And I love, love, love interacting with journeyers there. Three, support and check out the sponsors of this show if you hear something that interests you. Sponsors are the main ways we keep the podcast lights on here. So show them some love for supporting your girl. Four, and last but not least, share this episode, this podcast with a friend or family member or coworker so that we can spread the message of Journey to Launch. All right, that's it. Until next week, keep on journeying, journeyers. Journeyers.